Welcome to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast full of choice tracks. It's your girl, Damona, a.k.a. Dak. I'm Damon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj, which is T-H-J. Like, I mean, that's as long as Dax. Like, I can't make it any shorter. (laughs) You're not that cool. You're not as cool. (laughs) I mean, I got Damona, a.k.a. Dak. I could have just went with Dak. But right. you know, not to be confused, I'm not not Dak Prescott. Oh, I hope not. No, <laughs> right about now. <laughs> He's gonna cry in the car. <laughs> That's a whole other situation. Yeah, I ain't gonna get that. A whole yeah, other situation. Yep. So uh, I guess so I'll go into what we're what we're gonna discuss right now, huh? Yes, ma'am. Um, so I chose as a theme uh 90s. I, I initially I wanted to go with iconic, but the 90s was full of iconic songs, um, especially in the genre that I like, which is hip hop. Um, forever and always will be a hip hop head. That is my number one go-to, like get me in a good mood type stuff. So we're just gonna go with 90s uh music, right? And the the track I chose was from the Dirty South, not not Texas, but close enough. Um, I went with Outcast album at Lens, that's ATL Lens. Um, which I think that's actually the way it's it's ATL Um, and the song that I chose from the album was the song entitled ATL Ends. Um, now I chose that song for a few reasons. Um, first, let's, let's talk really like kind of like about the history of Outcast. Um, during the time of the um, East Coast West Coast uh, beef that was going on, uh, this was between Bad Boy Records by P Diddy and then Death Row. Um, which I don't know if uh, Dre was Dre was de- Death Row at the time, um, but yeah. right, uh, Dre was Death Row. And um, for those right who are not the time school, he broke out and started before you did aftermath. Yeah. There you go. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Huh. And um, most like the South was doing. We were doing our thing, right? And when I say we, I mean in Texas, like we had DJ Screw, we had Pimp C, we had UGK. Um, and a lot of them, but outcasts, like we weren't on the map like that. We weren't on the radio. Okay. Every time you listen to a song, it was East Coast, West Coast, all of the time. Mainstream, that was it. Um, now you did get a little southern, you know, um, Southern Playalistic, which was uh Southern Playalistic Cadillac music. That was the album that came out with in 1993 or right after 1993. Um and they really broke that beef up, like like to an extent, right? Because now all of a sudden the attention was on on the South and Southern Southern hip hop music. Um, now the reason I picked this song because there were a lot. <laughs> this is not like an isolation, but it, because it meant something to me. So growing up, okay, let's let's go back. The song Italians, the intro to it was um something like a like a movie, right? Like like in the video as well. It was like the entrance of this Egyptian uh pyramid 
and the title itself, Ati Aliens. This was this was on some other level. This is stuff that nobody talked about really, right? And Rami is always street beef. It's just like rock and roll, drugs, sex, money, status, streets, you know, stories about the streets and what's going on. But in this song, it's like the intellectual side really came out. Um, yeah, Big Boy is more street stories and Andre 3000 is more like the, they're both very intelligent men, right? But the way they story tell, and that's another important part of Outkast is they tell a story through they, their music. If you take the music away, you could still get the story behind it. And so at the aliens, I was like, like, I remember when it first came out, when the video dropped, I was like, holy shit. Other people believe in alien. Like, first of all, if you a conspiracy theorist and, and you black in the South and, and you in the hood, that you crazy. You was on you was on crack or you was a crack baby. OK, really? what about listening? But no, even even though you find out later on in life that a lot of people had experiences that are whether alien. Or, or just these these ideas of these conspiracy, whether it's the government or not, you start to talk about it more. Man, listen, it was a relief to feel like I belong somewhere. Like, okay, these were famous, and they they talking about these these um, the Egyptians. Like, so my my grandmother, rest her soul, um, who my middle name is after, she taught us at a young age about black excellence that you are not the streets that you have choices in life. She had she had property. She was one of the first black teachers in an Austin integrated school, okay? She taught us the value of, of money, of how we carry ourselves, how we represent ourselves, and hip hop kind of made it cool to be street. Like, like, you know, I mean, not saying that we, you know, we didn't have friends who were uh, street minded and that we weren't in situations in school or outside of school when our parents weren't around. But for, I had never experienced anyone else on the same level or anyone raised the way I was raised. And no one was talking about I want to talk about something. Other words, they were talking about boys and gossip and and I became a tomboy. And so, like, for me, it was like. I could relate finally. Like these are some intellectuals talking about some things, some deep stuff. And I, I, I loved it. So like, man, I was like, what was that one verse? Oh my gosh. Cause y'all gotta tell me what y'all thought about it. Um, oh my, I'm, I'm gonna go on. They was at, shoot, what was it? What was it? They was dropping knowledge for real. Thinking outside the box. Let me, what was the call? What was the call? Because I have a little note to play. Oh my guess, because and so I was like, okay, I heard this verse before. You know, at the beginning when um big boy say it's the M I crooked letter. Ain't no one back. Listen, I was like, oh, wait, he did that on well, he only did that like that beginning part on players ball, which was another banger. Okay, listen, I that I'm listening to every outcast song and every album starting tomorrow. Every last one, because I forgot how good it was just to hear some brothers coming with some with stories, with a meaning behind it. We're trying to elevate black minds. And that's that 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 to me what forever make them icons, even though we are talking about iconic. You know, that was my favorite song, though. Uh, one of them, one of the many. But it was definitely one where they just brought some different flavor. And I was like, not different for them, but different in the sense 
they brought some more more depth. Like they went real deep in the rabbit hole, and incorporating that video was like like the icing on that on that cake. Mm-hmm. Now, throw your hands in the air away from like I'm like you just don't care. care. Yeah. And if you're in the fish and grits and all the pimp all shit, the pimp let me hear you say, oh yeah, girl. Yeah. Listen, oh. that was the anthem at the club. Everybody was like, throw your hands in the air. And I mean, yeah. co- considering all the club songs that we were listening to in Texas, yeah. all the DJ screw and all the, you know, yes. you know what was on. AKA Patty no. Crew, AKA the Dungeon Family, AKA yeah. one of the best duos to ever do it. So ever. the fact that you picked AT Alien, um, definitely love this album. Definitely love that particular song, the title track. Um, it had a a a dance vibe to it, a club vibe to it, but it was all about knowledge. And the fact that you you said that so eloquently, I I, I love the fact that you brought that in, talking about people spitting knowledge. And yes, this was during the time where the South wasn't getting a lot of play, where we were starting to take over the industry. So as mm-hmm. far as getting the actual accolades, you know, it came a little bit later in time, but Outcast was one of the first to do it from the South and actually be respected for their craft and how they were doing it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a little bit different for them. They definitely went through their trials and tribulations, but nobody can say anything about Big Boy. Nobody can say anything about Andre 3000. Nobody can say anything about Stevie Brown. Nobody can say anything about anybody from the Attic Crew, except for the fact that they brought the music that they were supposed to bring. Goody Mob and the whole now. So thank you for yeah. pointing that out. Thank y'all for bringing that to the mix. And yes, that was a very 90s point because it allowed Southern music to take forefront, whereas we have been playing the background for so long. So mm-hmm. on board. Yeah. Well, and so I'll, I had never heard it before. I, I'm pretty sure I've never heard it before. And, and, and I, I, the artist, I know the name of the artist, but I'll be honest, like I, I don't, I probably have heard some songs here and there, but um, I did watch the music video for it. And it's, it, it's funny because it is very nineties that nineties was nineties mm-hmm. was kind of a weird time. Like nineties is when the mummy came out. Right. So there was big, a lot of mummy stuff, but I also remember a lot of the nineties being a, a lot of when like the discovery channel, not the discovery channel, the history channel, maybe, but there was a lot of episodes in the nineties about like aliens actually would land on the pyramid. Like there was a lot of stuff on cable. Like it wasn't just like street crazy <laughs> times. There was a lot of like crazy stuff. Like did aliens help Hitler? Like there was a lot of that stuff what? going on what? on cable TV. Where the and fuck you're did like, you find that? The fucking history channel. Literally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, that was very common in the nineties, for sure. Especially yeah, the, the aliens and the pyramid. Like, you know, what did the aliens help the pharaohs type of stuff? But then that's where it progressed like further along in history. And and yeah, no, I, I it's one of those things because just as a weird side note, like there was once a guy uh, that came to fix our telephone line. And then he went off on a whole conspiracy thing about UFOs in the 90s, right? And he's talking about how there's white UFOs and black UFOs and white UFOs are on the side of Jesus <laughs> and the black oh, UFOs the are on the fuck? side of Satan. I bet like, he would. <laughs> and you're like, uh, okay, the narrative dude, a little like, bit. <laughs> Yeah. Are are you almost done with fixing the line? My dad makes me stand out here to watch you guys. Awkward. I just want to go back inside. Awkward. Yeah. The 90s were a little bit awkward. (laughs) Full of like fucking assholes. (laughs) 
Oh my god. That fix your so, but yeah, UFOs were big in the nineties. They were they were always big. <laughs> I do remember being all fucking freaked out by UFOs when I was a kid in the nineties. I was always looking for it. We, we lived out in the middle of nowhere. And I, I wish I was listening to Outcast now because yeah, this is the shit, dude. But yeah, like just like mm-hmm. looking up in the sky every night. It was probably a plane, you know, or a fucking helicopter or some shit. But I'm like, oh, that must be a UFO. Because like X Files and shit was coming out. <laughs> so oh man, was, my favorite yeah. show of all time. Yeah, that's that's super nineties right there, dude. Mm-hmm. So what'd yeah. you think of the song though, dude? It, I, I liked it. You no, liked for line. sure. Yeah, yeah it, the the hook, like you said, once you get into it, that hook is like, yeah, that that just makes it a banger. So, so like for this, though, like I when I think of nineties, I just I a lot of a lot on this show, I've always said that I love the nineties. I gravitate to that. Um, and uh, Outcast is one of my favorite bands. I think mm-hmm. that like Hey Ya is a newer song. It's an old. Mm-hmm. But newer. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of, that's like the album that that's off of. That's where I like first heard Outcast. But I like the older Outcast, Atlians. Is it Atlians? Thanks, Atlians. Atlians. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for fucking that up, Outcast. No, no, no. You're all good. <laughs> but, uh, they ain't go yeah. to us. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I, like like you're saying, like the lyrics in in the song are like yeah, they're they're pretty good. Like I I think they're they're intellectual. Andre uh, three is it three thousand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's, he's badass. Um, you know they're all good, but yeah, there's like there's a lot of like I like to look at lyrics and songs, and I think their their songs are just full of it. I mean, it's not stupid shit. <laughs> it actually makes sense. Like the flow, the beat that he's got is like, are they the first to create that beat where it's like mm-hmm. the the separation of every step? You know, it's like I don't know if it's like fast, slow, fast, slow. Like you're talking about just the beat, the music, yeah, the drum, the actual, yeah. their beat, and what they use in a lot of their songs too. It's not just this song but mm-hmm. like a lot of their music has the same beat and it's almost like they created that that sound doesn't exist without outcast outcast made that shit. <laughs> they you know I mean? had a production crew called um uh, organized noise um mm-hmm. that production crew actually did a lot of their tracks and also other artists that were out there young blood goody um, mob i think goody mob yes so it's 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 definitely a collaboration of, of a lot of different sounds and different different understandings of music. They they came up with uh, their own style of flow, which coincided with the beats that they were given at the time. So um, you know, yeah. a lot of their style was rhythmic, but it was it was cultured in the same mm-hmm. time. So it was it was it's it's real easy to hear a song like So Fresh and So Clean or Bombs Over Baghdad or Hey Ya or yeah. know, any of these other songs that come out. But if any other artist would have done those songs, nobody would be listening to it. It was actually took these two to actually take those songs and put them on a different level altogether. And just for the sudden sake of record, so everybody else will know out here in, in podcast land, my favorite album is Equimini. But the rest yeah. is a whole other different situation. So, okay. That's, that's, is it Hey Ya on that? That's a later album. No. Oh, okay. Hey Ya is on uh, Speaker Box Love Below. That's when they actually separated and made two separate albums and put it together as a collaboration. Yeah. Or a combined double CD situation. Yeah. So one side was all Big Boy, one side was all Andre 3000. And, you know, that's where Hey Ya came from. But before okay. then, they had albums and they had classic cut, classic songs and everything was about lyricism with them. So mm-hmm. 
that that was totally separate from what's out today. Today is more about the vibe and about just throwing out different stuff and being more industry minded. Whereas back mm-hmm. then they literally were creative in their flow and how they spit mm-hmm. and what they were talking about and, and how they were coming across. And that set the groundwork for artists that we have out today that are lyrical and based. So like like J. Cole's, like Drake's, like the the even the Jay Z's coming up during the time of the same period. You know, that set him for going for the bop versus just going for regular New York beats that nobody was really listening to. Like Outcast really set the trend for coming out with their own style and their own originality. And it's something that's yeah. missing in the market right now. But it's not something that nobody else can pick up and do ever again. It's just a matter of how do you lay down your own originality without stepping on somebody else's toes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember like one thing I had liked <laughs> like when I was listening to it and I listened to a few of them, but I since I had to stick with the the one song, which I wish I would have picked it as an album uh choice, but um that's neither here nor there. But I remember like Big Boy, like I remember when he when his opening lyrics, I only went over a couple of lyrics, but you remember when um like he, he used metaphors that people used in the streets the next day. Mm-hmm. Like when he say um it's the M I Crippoletta, ain't no one better. When I'm on the mic, you better wear a sweater cooler than the, and I know I ain't saying it right, but cooler, cooler than, than the polar bears, toenails, oh, oh hell, that he go again. And and you were hearing like, oh boy, you looking cooler than the polar bear toenails. Like and if you did not know, you'd be like, Oh man, top is slick. Like, no, he heard that on the on the album. Yes. <laughs> and I remember like he what he said something like, um, you got me bent like elbows. Yep. I'm cooler than Freddie Jackson sipping a milkshake in a snowstorm. <laughs> like, oh my God. Listen. Big boy came with the metaphors like yeah. that. And then Andre again with the whole like like he had his own yeah. ways of, of using metaphors, but yeah. his was like man, it was Similar so deep. His shit was yeah. so deep. What was that one? He was like he was like, what do you say? Um, for the money, it's uh, too far to show. I'm like, man, no, don't, don't get us started. We can go down that pipeline all day. Then. Who do you, now who my oral illustrations be? be like clitoral stimulation yeah. for the female gender. <laughs> Ain't nothing better. Let me know when it's wet enough to answer. If not, I'll wait because the future of the world depends on if or not the child we're raised going to have that end syndrome. Like, <laughs> Like, like you get what he like. Do you understand the depth of what he was saying? Like, I don't care how. Not don't really. don't. You got to like talking about. First of all, you got to understand that he's not just talking about wet coochie. <laughs> he's talking about yeah, yeah. is your mind stimulated enough <laughs> for me to enter? Because if your mind is. ain't right, when I get up in them drawers and we have a baby, we got to make sure our future is right. Oh, there's a like, lot more. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a lot when more. You, I said you gotta look beyond and see somebody simple mind be like, oh, he's talking about some wet coochie. He's talking about he ain't gonna get in the coochie till it's ready. So yo, till you ready right here on him. Well, the like, mindset oh, of the coochie. Yes. Understand anyway, the coochie. I'd rather stimulate you mentally than physically. Anything yeah. To get everything in his hand. Let's, you know, like Ann Frank, let's hit the attic and hide out for about two weeks. <laughs> so <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So and you got to think about it. So a lot of people who did not, because again, one of the issues, inner city, reading. 
is the issue is the issue. It still is. Um, and you hear it now, even with people that you think are educated, but they choose to, for some reason, use colloquialism and slang to speak. And maybe it's a trend um, and almost speaking properly and knowing that your the English language is, is, is a lost art almost. Oh. <laughs> and um even then, though, it, it it was starting. I could see it. And and for him to come with the, with music that makes you think, because you already looking up to these guys as icons and 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 heroes and and man, their, their style. I want to be like that. I want to dress like that. I want to have that. And then they hit you with something that you don't understand. It almost made you look it up. Who is Anne Frank? Next thing you know, you up here reading Frankenstein and shit. Like, she did write Frankenstein, didn't she? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's very silly. Anne Frank, um, um, uh, yeah. Um, that, she was the one in the attic with the mm-hmm. Nazi. Yes, yeah. yeah. yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All I right. knew it was like, I don't know why I got Helen Keller, Frankenstein, and Frank. So, yeah, I got it. But you hey, know, you're, listen, you're listening to I listen. wouldn't have known <laughs> either had I not been curious. I'll that's do. a good point. Yeah, that's totally good. Yeah. So I mean, it just made you think. Yeah. Speaking of make me think, I want to think what the next person should, uh, track should be coming out from the 90s. Who who would you like to listen to talk about their 90s songs? Come on. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I, I'm. Mm. <laughs> They will say Taj for last, but I just feel like I got to put him on the spot now. <laughs> yeah, Ty, really okay. Ty, okay. What was your nineties track? Okay, so um, it so the the assignment kind of changed, right? Because I thought the assignment originally was like a nineties song that had to do with the movie. Then it changed to iconic nineties, and then it was just nineties. And, and I'll be honest, like there's yeah, there's a lot of good songs in the nineties. I picked this one because. I heard it when I was going through some stuff. It's like, ooh, I like this. It's unique. Um, and it's very 90s <laughs> in a sense. Um, it's kind of unique to the 90s, I feel. But it's it just one of the songs that it's a it's a good song. And I don't know. I'm not going to sit up here and say it's a banger. Uh, but it the messaging is good on it. And I feel like maybe just because I was during the 90s, right? The 90s. So right, let, <laughs> I'm going to back up a little bit. Like, yeah, I put them on the spot. <laughs> 50s was mm-hmm. all about rock, right? 60s, 70s was kind of about, hey, we should make society better, right? Or, you know, especially with, you know, the hippies and the flower childs and all that, right? It's all about how do we make society better? There were 80s was kind of the Cold War. But I think when the 90s came around, there was like, hey, you know, communes didn't work, right? There was a lot of stuff where like it, the 90s was kind of like, you got to make yourself better, right? You have to, it was the 90s, I feel was more about like, you know, the world is what it is, but you have to make yourself better first before you go on, right? And that's kind of what this song is, is I feel. And so the po- song I picked is um, What's It Like by Everlast.
I will be honest, I know no other song by Everlast. I probably do, but I, I don't know. But this song is just one of those songs like, hey, you know, you see somebody and you instantly make judgments, but this is what could be going on with them. And like, mm. is that the right thing to do? And it, it, I mean, the song is basically saying, no, it's not, right? It's like you have to walk a mile in their shoes, right? And um, this song I liked a lot more than another song that was kind of trying to say the same thing, but got was way more higher in the charts, which is God, if God was one of us, right? They're both saying the same message, but if God was one of us, I will guarantee is probably more popular in the charts than this song. But I always like this song. This song just cuts to the bone. It's like, hey, look at this person. This is what their life is. And then this is what people call them, right? And you're like, uh-huh. it, that's not how it should be right you don't know you know but you just people call people other stuff you know based off of first impressions so but yeah Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that's what we're just saying. Yeah. So that's why I picked it. I I know it's <laughs> it's not super iconic, but it, for me, it, it felt like it was, especially for the '90s. So. It is iconic, and and it's iconic for a couple of reasons. One, because it, you don't know Everlast came from uh, House of Pain, um, Jump Around. So that that was another song that was out there during the time frame. But this is on solo tip, right? Okay. So, and and during this situation, he was literally pointing out everybody's flaw. It was a, it was an eye opener. It was one of those where he's not rapping, he's coming out singing. And, and um, furthermore, he's coming out in, in more of a folk tone, but something just to kind of catch your, catch your ear on. And make you think about what you're doing before you do it, especially when it comes to prejudging individuals. You know, prejudice was definitely high in the 90s. You had the whole L.A. riots. You had the Rodney King situation going on. You had all these different things that were going on and people were being judged off of first impression without you giving them a second thought of who they actually might be or what they actually might represent. So he actually took that and ran with it and turned it into, you know, a, a, a mirror check, so to speak. You look mm-hmm. at the mirror and see who you are and what do you do to other people and how other people will judge you based off of what they preconceive of you in the notions, so to speak. So the fact that you brought this up was definitely a AI opener and it was definitely an iconic fixture of a song at the time. And no, it did not hit the charts and run up and, and be number one type of deal. But that's that's the thing about the 90s. They didn't have a lot of songs that happened to break out and just be number one chart hitters all over the place. But they had a shitload of songs that had a hard message behind it that made you listen and pay attention to what was going on and gave you a second thought as to how you're supposed to act in this world. So yeah, good, good thing to bring it up. Well, I appreciate that. I like but how you brought that down, both of you. Both of you. Now, I didn't have a chance to listen to it um, because I didn't know your pick. Oh, okay. um, but I, I'm, I look forward to it. Um, I mean, I, I know that there's a song by Everlast that I would listen to on a regular. I, I'm sure I've heard. I, I know based on what you're saying that I've heard the song. Right. Um, but I, I'm, I look forward to hearing hearing it um, again. You know, like I said, like a lot of a lot of the songs that we talk about have like really made me like go back and and like or I'm gonna have to like listen to the albums and right like, I, I, I won't get bored <laughs> for the next few few months <laughs> you know so um oh then you said he's part he was ha- part of House of Pain yeah. so you know that was like I liked uh that style of music um I guess it kind of reminded me of uh 
but but you said he got out of it wasn't really a rap he was singing the whole album how was that yeah it was singing it the interesting thing was like the music video like he's singing it but he's singing it underwater uh-huh. <laughs> and, and and the yeah it, it was like that was for a music video it's like okay and then the, the way it ends where they're like all these people that were judged like end up in front of a window like looking at what's in the window and you don't know mm-hmm. what it is until the very end and it's it's a uh typical well not typical but an idealized family white family you know one a father mother one one boy one girl right sitting around that table eating dinner right so it, it's kind of like the outsiders looking through the gap glass in for what's idealized but every what's reality is on the other side where everybody else wow. is. yeah so, yeah so okay. yeah it, it but it's, it's very yeah, it's uh, very like rock Americana, uh, the, yeah. the melody. It, no no sound of hip hop at all, but yeah. No. And, yeah, yeah, nice. It, and plus, the, the other thing was like the actress in the music video, I thought, like, I tried to find it, but she looks very familiar. She, it, I almost thought it was like a really young, like Jennifer Lawrence, but it, it's not. But mm, no. Yeah, but, but it, she looked really familiar. She, she looked like a young. A young actress that probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 What'd you think, Damon? This is definitely it. This is a hit. I mean, this is like always on the radio. It, it's so stuck in my brain that I feel like I just fucking heard it yesterday. Like, I, it, it's relevant. It's always on the radio now. Like, you'll hear it on like in Austin, Texas here. Like, we'll hear it on the radio stations that play like like modern rock. You know, it's, it's like a modern rock. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of bands now that still sound like this. So, and they still play. So they're like, they're still relevant. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how the last 20 years, like, <laughs> if you're old enough, it's like you, you, you didn't skip a beat, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, no, this is like, um, definitely like the, the, the later 90s, right? Like, was it 98 this came out? Uh, and I think yeah. that's, yeah. So I, I, I gravitate to a lot of stuff in 98. Like, I think that movie Can't Hardly Wait came out then. And yeah. like a lot of just like horror movies that were like, you know, the 90s, you know, and, and, uh, music was just like the late 90s, especially. It just had like a special, uh, vibe. And this is definitely like if you want to look at iconic, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely like it's it's just not going away. Um, lyrics are yeah, they're I think they're they mean a lot. Like a lot of like I listen to this song, I'm like oh wow, that really makes sense. <laughs> this like um, Outcast had really good lyrics. They they still do. Like that's why I like Outcast. And I think that this song in particular, like just. It's like the message is like, oh, yeah, this all makes sense. <laughs> it's like, don't be an asshole, you know? Um, <laughs> I think like that's what, what it, it comes is, down literally, to. Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah, Very it's like, um, yeah. <laughs> but like they, if you, if you, if you listen to it and like, you know, you really get into the song, there's, you know, there's some like a good message, but uh, I think that's almost like you needed something like this to break up the monotony and like spring break with a bunch of douchebags. You know, they had to have some kind of golden rule. <laughs> They're only going to listen to Everclear. So you better get a band that says something good or it's going to get fucked up. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that's where I, what I got out of this. Um, mm-hmm. It's a radio hit for yeah. sure. So I give it like two and a half stars. Yeah. <laughs> Out of home? 
out of five. Ah. It's always a five star rating. Okay, okay. Uh, maybe three. I'll give it three because I like the lyrics. So. All right, all right. So, uh, <laughs> who's next, Mona? Oh, oh, um. Well, Decisions. let's see. Let's see. Any? Uh, don't, you don't have me doing no any mini money most. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, oh man, let me see. You know what? Any mini money monkers side by side. All right, Damon, it's on you. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking at 90s music and I'm thinking iconic, whatever. Um, I'm just thinking big, big music, right? And I went with No Doubt. Everybody knows who No Doubt is. Gwen Stefani's like she's iconic, still is. Um, beautiful woman, you know, great voice. Everybody like was gossiping about the band, you know, they had relationships going on. All kinds of shit, right? Tragic Kingdom was like um, one of their, just one of their fucking best albums. It's the hit album. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't Speak is the song I picked. So Don't Speak is, um, it, I mean, it's definitely like, it's, yeah, it's, it's there. It's, it's what everybody was singing. Everybody was listening to it. You know, like they wanted to be, all the girls wanted to be Gwen Stefani. And, I did. Uh, yeah. So this is 96. So that's like right in the middle of, that's like right past like the weird shit in the 90s. I think the early 90s were kind of like, they're cool, but then not. <laughs> um, grunge came out in the earlier 90s. I like, that was probably like the real grunge, like the Seattle grunge. That was like my favorite style of music when Pearl Jam's 10 I talked about them on the on the podcast um, that's the shit you know uh, no doubt Tragic Kingdom 96 this was the shit for what they would call ska rock yep. and sort of like um, she borderline like could she even be like a hip hop artist I don't even fucking know what Gwen Stefani's doing and you know she had this kind of like uh just like vibe that she still has but it was a little different then you know hot as hell you know you can't even miss that shit but um yeah don't speak was uh one of the biggest radio hits i think at the time and mm-hmm. top the billboard charts you know it's definitely uh i don't know top 100 or you know in the in the closer to the number one <laughs> i'm sure it was i don't even know but um yeah so what do you guys what do you guys think of like no doubts don't speak i actually love no doubt um i love a few of their songs um and Gwen, yeah gwen stefan like she was so unique i mean just I wouldn't say it was a question of whether she was hip hop or not, but what pop or was she, um, you know, I want to say alternative, but I didn't know all the names. Of, like, I didn't know all of the subcategories of what alternative it yeah. was. Alternative rock um, yeah. But it was like this. And then with the blonde hair and red lips, like you already knew she was like, I immediately thought Madonna, like she's going to come with something right? so such a di- like she's going to be an iconic female. Just. Her style, but the band, the song, the music, and no doubt was 
like I still remember singing that song and people looking at me like, girl, what is that? You know, because again, I'm around people that don't have this, this, but then it played on the radio and we would hear it all the time. Um, But I had heard it before, I won't say before it hit the radio, but before people were really into it that, that I associated with. And next thing I know, all, all the girls are singing, don't speak. No one's <laughs> worth thinking. I'm a reason. Damn, cause her. I still don't get what that. Like, was it? Was was she asking him not to tell us? I don't even know what the hell the song was about, but I loved it, and I still do to this day. It's a breakup song. It's a breakup song. Yeah, it, breakup. Okay. Yeah, but, and that was gonna be my thing. Like, uh, it's. It, I love the song. Like, it's a great song. It to kind of put it in words. Like, it's a breakup song. But what's interesting is it's kind of on two levels, right? One level is like it, it can be a mature level, like a. a a, you know, a knowledgeable woman that's like, hey, I know it's done. Don't speak. You don't have to say anything. I'm gone. Right. On the other level, only because I knew a couple like this in the 90s. It's and it seemed like for me because I, I don't. But maybe it's just because I don't hang around the people like that. I knew a couple specifically in the 90s that were that couple where they would be together, break up get back together, <laughs> break up, get back. Like that was their cycle. Their cycle was like, they would get together, be cool, then break up and then get back together. And that's kind of, that was, that's another version of this song, right? It's like, don't speak because once you speak, that's when we fight and break up. But if you don't speak, we're good together. <laughs> so a little bit, a little bit more is that it actually wasn't originally a breakup song. So, like, um, her brother Eric Stefani co-wrote it. They mm-hmm. kind of created this as a love song, and then it it became a breakup song because she broke up with the bass player Tony mm-hmm. uh, Canal. So, like, they they had. <laughs> They had a breakup, and that's what she like rewrote the song completely for that Ooh. situation. And that was always on MTV, like you know, like like I was saying, like they were always you know people are talking, like that. It was like yeah, the big it was gossip, rumor, yeah. Uh, yeah, situation. So um, anyway, yeah, I think. Um... <laughs> Like who gives a shit? <laughs> I, I mean, at the time we gave a shit. So it's like <laughs> that, that was back when artists held. Yeah, they held us like by chokeholds because we were like, oh my god, they were actually dating. <laughs> oh my god, is everybody okay? Oh my god, well, she's gonna get with now. That's when you know during our time um, we were actually caught up in what our artists were actually doing. We're like, and how'd that guy get her? That guy got her. Exactly. What the fuck? How did we get her? And all all that bullshit. It's it like we school. were caught up in the yeah, it was a high school all all brought in to the actual music scene. And what are you talking they actually about? Released it. But we still do that nowadays. I mean, just the other well, day they were showing Taylor Swift at the Chiefs game, you know, and it's a playoff game in <laughs> negative twenty seven degrees. But we have to see Taylor Swift. Like that stuff's still going on nowadays. <laughs> It's still going on, but now we have the actual option to turn this shit off. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're an adult now, so we don't get two shits about it. But back in the day when we were young, there was there was nothing but the but the praise going across the craze going across 
across the, the land, right? Now mm-hmm. you have youngsters that are looking at Instagram and looking at Twitter and looking at all these different, you know, websites and social media to keep up with other people's drama. And it's that mm-hmm. simple because it's not the click of a button, whereas we couldn't turn away from it. You turn on TV and it's right in front of your face, especially mm-hmm. MTV. That was actually the time when they were actually playing music. And all you saw was the music videos and you had to depict what was going on from the music video. So like they, they kept it real. They kept it on the on tour. They kept them like their awkward looks between each other and not want to talk to each other and the whole lot. Like they really played that out in the music video. And so you felt that pain coming from the song mm-hmm. in the video. Whereas yep. now we, we hardly look at videos unless there's ass or some kind of conspiracy theory going on with it. You know what I'm saying? So that's the difference in the situation. Mm-hmm. But I digress. What I will say is it was a, a beautiful song. Um, I'm, I was kind of mad that she rewrote it, but at the same time it fit the situation of what was going on. And it allowed them to reach a different platform than what they were before. Before everybody thought of them as just you know the ska band that switched over to rock and, and you got this girl that's definitely a looker on the cover and not showing any kind of depth and then they come out with this song it completely changes everybody's mindset of what this band actually is and that's what allowed them to move on to different ways and, and different different lanes than what they you know originally were charted to do so I think it was an excellent pick awesome well any any other opinions on that no, no I think we're good. that was Sorry. awesome great that was a good pick well Dietrich that leaves you thank you <laughs> So, if it leaves me for the end, I guess I'll just start off with being the genesis. Um, January of 1990, we got hit with a song that wound up being a phenomenon all amongst itself for a couple of reasons. One, it was a dance song. It was a club song. It was a dance song. Two, one of the backup dancers for this song went out to be one of the most prolific rappers and, and artists that we've seen in a lifetime. Three, this group actually introduced a fictional character, which nobody thought anybody could ever do. And for the most part, everybody thought that it was a completely different person than was actually was and because of that all these three things come together and you have one of the best songs that ever came out in the 90s and i'm talking about digital underground the humpty dance yes I threw it out there. This is the underground, the humpy dance. Do the humpty hump. 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 Oh man, what you say? Yeah, my nose is big. Yeah. Uh-uh, I ain't the same. Big like a pickle. Still getting played. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Look. Here's why the reason why I came up with the song. One is because um the group itself was iconic. Uh you had uh R.I.P. Shakti, uh but it was Shakti, aka Humpty Hump, who was his uh fictional alternative character that he would get into the role and play in order to, to do rap songs. And like I said, for the longest people thought that they were actually two different individuals, but it was one person. He was playing two parts, which was unheard of in rap culture, right? Second thing is you had uh, Money B, who was uh, another individual who had his own particular rap style, his own flow, and he definitely came with his own vibes. He had DJ views. You had a couple of other individuals that were a part of the group, but one of the backup dancers in the group at the time was a young individual by the name of Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how he got his start was a part of the digital underground. Um, you know, there were songs that came out. There was Do What You Like. There was his song, I Get Around, which he featured them on. 
Uh, it was a bunch of songs that Digital Underground came out with. Um, and it was because of that, they actually gave Tupac his first chance to rap on the mic. Um, came out for a Chevy Chase song. Uh, same, it was a Chevy Chase movie. And the song was uh, All Around the World, same song. Uh, so if you have a chance, go back and listen to that. But I picked the Humpty Dance for a particular reason. One, because it was an actual dance that went along with it. It was the dance was a craze. You played the song. Everybody did the song. Everybody did the dance moves. You know, this is back during like elementary, middle school time eras. And you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. When you see the video, you see them doing the dance. You're doing, you're doing it all over the place. So, yeah, what's that verse where he like, you, what do you say? You, you, you put your back in motion like you have it in a fit or a convulsion. Motion. Anybody can do this dance. <laughs> this my dance, y'all. Hope you help. My name Those two people can do it the same. You got it down when you appear to be in pain. Like that's crazy when you say that's when you're a good in pain. fucking rhymes right there. Exactly, you're in pain doing the song. That's how that's how much of the dance you got down at that point. And like, so my name is Hope there. Hey, <laughs> that's he's not talking about getting down in the Burger King bathroom. Like no, nobody was talking about that at the time like that. And <laughs> Burger they, King they that particular song, Sorry. and it was crazy. <laughs> so like Humpty Dance is one of those that you think would be a one hit wonder, but they had other other hits that came along behind that. Um, so it was just a time where people would dance, people had fun, people were shaking mm-hmm. their rumps. And, you know, it, it started off the whole revolution of style of change when it came to rap music. Um, it wasn't all about gangster music. It wasn't all about, you know, just sexual innuendos and the whole nine. It was literally about having fun and dancing and moving in groups. And so this, especially part of the early 90s, this is where, you know, my childhood comes into play and my style of 90s music comes into play because everybody else will remember the later time frames you know of everything that went on i remember the earlier time frame when it was about teaching when it was about you know getting out good messages when it was about just having fun and you didn't have to have a specific code of what you went by either you were doing your own thing or somebody else was doing their own thing but everybody was original in their concept and how they came across mm-hmm. and digital mm-hmm. underground rest like i said was a piece of shakti um but it, it literally, um, but it literally was a time where you know you could just kick back and have fun. And this song right now, if you play this song at a club right now, those who know it are going to do the dance. Those who don't know it are just going to dance because it's a funky little beat, and everybody loves funky beat. Mm-hmm. So tell me what y'all think about Digital Underground Funky Dance. It's like it took serious like rap artists and they were just fucking around. <laughs> That's what this yeah. is like a big old, just like a fuck off time where it's like, yeah, let's just do something for fun. The Humpty yeah. Dance was like known everywhere. Very iconic 90s sound. Mm-hmm. Like this is at like weddings probably for the fun. Maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was, that was probably, yeah. It, just school dances probably or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clubs. It was in the clubs. I'm sure. Definitely. Definitely. I just, I just know like in the video doesn't he have like a like a big nose like a fake nose or something uh-huh. he's got like yep. that like weird like he's got like the coat or like the fur coat around his shoulders 
I don't Blizzard know. Almost, I feel like crazy looking, dude. <laughs> it, it's like a Groucho Marx glasses, but without the eyebrows and mustache. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he's he's making it known that it's like he's just messing around, just joking. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. He's not trying to get canceled back in the 90s. But <laughs> 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 that shit would happen anyway in the 90s. But uh, yeah. So good pick. Fucking love it. So, yeah. So I, I know the song. I, I, I'll probably say I haven't heard it as much as I did, um, you know, that much, but I, I knew of it. Uh, what I think is interesting, I mean, especially since, you know, you introduced us to Slick Rick, like this felt very That's in the Slick vein Rick. of Slick Rick because it's <laughs> it's part storytelling, part club. Like it, and the, the crazy thing is like you watch, even if you watch the music video or, or just listen to a song, like um, but especially in the music video, like he doesn't actually do the Humpty dance until like the last minute, 30 seconds uh-huh. of the song. Like Wait. the song is almost done by the time he's like all right this is how you do the humpty dance by the time and he actually done. does the dance yeah <laughs> what does that yeah. shit look like what does the humpty dance look like you're gonna do humping the, like air humping no and that's yeah. the thing like there's a, the there's fuck? a lineup of like five guys that like none of them are doing it the same and that's why he has the line like hey no no two people do it the same and you're like all right i still have no idea what it is but okay <laughs> so <laughs> It's like okay. a mockery of yeah, Americans. Yeah. So dudes at a club at two in the morning. <laughs> I don't even know. They're so hey. wasted. They're humping the air. Hey, yeah. two in the morning was the best time. I don't know what you're talking about. Two thirty. Two thirty. The last time before everybody <laughs> got to get kicked out, and then we go out to the street and somebody turned they they uh, actual stereo on in their car and they playing the song again and all you doing is just jumping it, jumping it, jumping it down. Yeah. in front of you and you, hey, hey. <laughs> you're listening to it as you're in the world. The yes. Whataburger drive-thru or some shit. Oh my god, yes, that was the temp days. Yes, yes, those were the days back then when you hit the Whataburger or you hit the Taco Cabana. Jack in the Box. To, oh, yes. Jack they the had box Taco Cabana back then. Man. I didn't get around much. Taco Cabana. So I have yeah. no idea. It's been around. <sighs> been around for one minute. Yeah, for sure. But yes, that's. I like that pick. The, uh, listen, when I, when it counts, like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to have a good time. Like, I, I knew that because with each song that, that I knew, I played it. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was going to have a good time. Now, the thing about the Humpty Dance, they still play it, depending on what, mm-hmm. what genre music radio station, yeah. all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I think 96.7, they play R&B, mm-hmm. hip hop. They play it often um, throughout the day, at least till you're going to hear it twice, at least if you're like, you know, listening consecutively. Um, 80 points. Again, any, any, any black hip hop radio station, they're going to play it. It still gets played by DJs for the, for depending on, you know, this, it really doesn't even matter what age group because this song is played and it's a good time. It's a good family reunion. You hear me? Yeah. It's right up there. With, <laughs> Everybody's like, doing the Humpty. They're all doing the Humpty. Yeah, yeah, really. 
<laughs> and the little kids, you know, when they trying, they like, oh, that's how you. And they like, okay, and you know, um, this song is it was, you know, it's um, well, even even in that like in that time frame, like you said, the music was really about feeling good, dancing, having fun. This was like uh, wasn't like doing the but then then Ah, yeah. Sex, 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 sex. Oh, Ain't nothing wow. wrong. Oh, if you want to do the butt. All night long. Oh, yeah. Listen, this was, the, this was the, right. This was the time frame of uh, movies. Um, help me out because I don't forgot. School days. Do the School right day. thing. All these films and, and the music was just like, it, it, it made you want to go to college. I ain't gonna lie. I like, <laughs> would not like, do any score. When you, when you take into consideration the type of films that were coming out with this with this style of feel good, nonsense bullshit, like who's doing the butt? We was all doing the butt. And it ain't even like it, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. Okay. And, and we would have so much fun. This oh. was a fun era. Um, this, for and hip hop, this and, and the Humpty Dance, man, that's this that's I and I'm so glad he has such an iconic song because he really was an underrated rapper. Yes, like when you take some of his more serious stuff with Digital Underground, and then I believe, of course, he has some where he was kind of. Was there another song he did where he was n- more solo and didn't have? But but it didn't go as far as the. I think like after the Humpty Dance. People wanted more of the same, yes. but because he was a, a, a serious lyricist and 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 did talk about, you know, what I mean, talk about. He remind me of serious stuff. I, I know that Tupac probably got serious, but that this was the start, like you're saying, Dietrich. But like, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Just, people couldn't accept <laughs> the other side of him. You know, people couldn't accept, like, couldn't grasp. You were just doing the hunky dance with your nose on now. <laughs> uh, trying to and, and so I feel like he just poetry. he'll always be remembered for the hunky dance, but I hope that you know anyone listening, um what, what was his um other name? Um the, the, it was it was Shock G was his actual <laughs> name, and then you had Humpy Humpy Hawk, which was his alter alter ego. So definitely yeah. like check out yeah, some of his I'm other songs. <laughs> and check out Digital Underground because I think for a lot of people, like they forget that Tupac was a part of Digital Underground. Um I didn't know until going back, but I remember seeing Tupac. I just was like, when Tupac really like came out on his own, I was like, where I know him from. And then of course it took a documentary and stuff to tie it all in. But I think the beauty of hip hop is that I like that we always tend to one artist always tends to give the other artist credit or you're able to tie everybody into something, you know, um, whether it's who created the the producers, let's say that they get acknowledged, the producer and the producer may have done so many other artists that it makes you, you know, if you're if you're wanting to, if you're really inclined to listen for the music, you're going to start exploring all these other artists that you probably wouldn't have heard. And it, it goes back. Honey, my 16 year old, you talking about kids who don't know music. Baby, she listen to Erica Badu, Ice Cube, back from straight out of Compton. Mm. My sixteen-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. and, and not from my, you know, I guess, yeah, I do kind of influence that by the stuff I listen to, and then they explore. But that's the beauty of of music. 
right? In, in general. Um, and I like this podcast because y'all make people think outside the box. All of y'all have different tastes, different different points of view. And, it's, and, and for any music enthusiast, it's going to make you think, it's going to pu- make you pull out the the tapes, the CDs, and the and the or whatever YouTube, and whatever you got to pull it out, all of it. and 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 really just appreciate the sound and the artistry of music. Yeah. I, I mean that that knows more about Muddy Waters than I do. That's crazy. Muddy Waters, um, <laughs> Red Man. <laughs> no, actual Muddy Waters. <laughs> oh, Muddy Waters, the the blues. Yeah. Was he blues? Yeah, yeah. 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 she blues. Yeah. she knows more about him than I do, and I'm like, wow. Sway, and it just it just happens like that. But she's very eclectic for her age, and this, the music is out there for the, everybody to go and listen to. And hopefully, mm-hmm. y'all will pick up on a couple of these tracks that we put out. And if you play the playlist, if you actually listen to the playlist and play it, it makes sense for the songs that we choose to be in the mix because everybody can listen to something that's here. We do this for mm-hmm. everybody, so it just it's a good way to wrap that up. But since mm-hmm. we got the the four songs out, uh, Demona, I think he has some homework for us is that correct yes so the before you start before you start let's go ahead and drop the needle flip the record drop the needle on side b okay now let's get into the album that you had us listen to all right, the homework I left you guys with is Armageddon, the album, which was the soundtrack, right, to the movie that became an album. I'm sure there may have been other movies who I don't I can't even think of any other than Disney movies. But we're talking Armageddon, um the movie yeah, itself the was emotional. But the album, yeah. so this is Armageddon, the album, and various artists, songs that, with the scenes, it, and, and a lot of people may have, um, well, a, a few artists, um, like Aerosmith, um, it, which will bring me to my, my choice track on the album, um, which was, um, there goes my, there goes my brain. Um, it has nothing to do with how late it is. Think about Steven Tyler. <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing. Like a thing. <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith. Was my choice track on that album. That's a good uh, but about every song is good. Um I'll just kind of go over so Aerosmith, Sweet Emotion, Leaving on a Jet Plane, first of all, uh, and this was by, um, oh, who was this by? Leaving on a Jet Plane. Uh, I forgot her name. Chantel Kravazuk. I don't really know how to pronounce her name. Living on a jet plane. That was like a, it was like a remake, right? I don't know if it was a remake, but I know that the scene that that was, this was like right when they learned that uh, this is when, okay, so Ben Affleck played AJ and then um, um, Grace was his, uh, I forgot the actress that played Grace. Um, Is it Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler played yeah. Grace and they were like in love, like right? family affair. Young love. Tyler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bruce Willis, who was the chief officer of the mission, was her father, right? This fucking 90s um, of shit, dude. Man, <laughs> this was like a love like no other. And they found out he was going on this mission that they may not come back from and 
And uh, this was the song that they, um, this is their song, I guess. Um, but the song that brought me to tears and to this day brings me to tears, but it's also a song I want to make love to is Aerosmith. <laughs> Uh, song, yes, for real. Um, I don't want to miss a thing. Like, I know people say this at their <laughs> wedding. Sorry, Wait, I'm just saying it's a wedding yes. song. Well, people, yes, people play oh, this. Yeah. This. I don't want to miss a thing, it's even a... when I dream of you. Sweetest <laughs> dream I never do. I still miss you, babe, and I don't want to miss a thing. It, it, it's Tears. also for narcolepsy because they don't want to fall asleep. They don't want to close really? sleep. Yeah. <laughs> because it's funny because I have narcolepsy, Taj. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing. She is totally your romance. Like. <laughs> uh, but God, come on now. No, I it's agree. All, like, I agree. It makes me cry because I, I don't even remember the scene that was going on when they played this. Uh, looking at it, it, it. It's the animal cracker scene. They played this song. <laughs> so I watched the movie just as a uh-huh. closure because I had never seen the movie. So <laughs> wow. I get to that. But, what the fuck, <laughs> Well, I have feelings. Anyways, um, but yeah, it's the animal cracker scene where they're they're <laughs> on their respite and, you know, it's it's him with the herb, you know, and the little animal crackers on her chest. And then we do this the, song, Yeah, yeah, right before it. Yeah. 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 Um, this one again? Isn't that like the theme song and the first song they album? No, they had to redo it's it. on there a couple they times. They redid that. It's on there yeah, a couple yeah. times. Yes. Yeah. yeah but we did oh cover I don't want to miss a thing. So we it'll be Didn't in miss the playlist. It. Yeah, we ain't gonna miss it. Yeah. But that is um that was my choice pick for that album. Like it. It, like actually it. Th- the one we covered is the theme from Armageddon because that's the one that you, yeah that you picked. So yeah. We actually did talk about it before. <laughs> Just about that, that instrumental part. Yeah. Um right. I'll go and jump in here. Uh, what the hell were we thinking about Michael Bay? I'm just saying, like, I. D- it's one of his weird fucking like movies. <laughs> it's I, not bad, but it's like I a mean, different. We, we trust this guy with Transformers after this. Like, I don't. We knew what we were getting. Oh my god! Like, um, I know that there's a lot of love for Armageddon. It just. I didn't get it. I mean, I watched it and I'm like, yep, this is a Michael Bay fic. Like, but it's like early Michael Bay. And like, and you, you see the stuff and you're like, okay. And I, I, I was expecting more. I was, ex- I thought Michael Bay started out differently, you know, mm-hmm. and it's nope. He's been the same ever since. Like we knew what we were getting <laughs> when, we, when we chose Michael Bay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, the movie was okay. The soundtrack, amazing. Like you can't argue with 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 that. The soundtrack itself, like the soundtrack, is too good for the movie. I feel like. Wow. <laughs> the soundtrack was too. The soundtrack was better than people received the movie. Not for sure. Really? Am I the only one in love with that movie? No, you're I... fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a number one hit, it's, yeah. but it's like, it's just 90s 
romance and you know there's a lot of stuff going on there like like tosh said michael bay likes to blow what? shit up he creates the most ridiculous situation well, you, to yeah. fucking destroy like a meteoroid and shit like yeah but, but the, the other thing but was it far-fetched didn't we didn't nasa just di- divert a meteor by shooting something at it and 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 pushing Bruce it Willis to the moon <laughs> yeah. Was no, it but, was it that far fetched? <laughs> no, it wasn't that far fetched. But here's here's my thing, completely is the that, characters though that would never work. But for an alcoholic, 90s? a drug addict, a... <laughs> yeah, no, true. I mean, there was, was don't get me factor. wrong. The dialogue was amazing. There were some amazing <laughs> lines. There were some scenes that were amazing in there. I mean, it, but the thing That's is, is like, like it, for the nineties though, for the that cheese. was a two hour and ten minute movie for the nineties. Like most runtime in the nineties was like an hour thirty. Like, and they do that shit on purpose because they want to. They're I mean, trying to. They're trying to please the producers, investors, know, but, but and the actors. You know, everybody's got to get paid. But that, I can't like, think that of a total. scene that that if it were cut, it it, it would have. Now, obviously, us not knowing right what those parts that were cut would be as the public, but well, every scene the for the whole two hours and ten minutes was worth it. What, what, no, no, what, I can tell you the time the scene it was. That, that's missing. That, that I'm like, what the heck happened? So they pick up the Russian cosmonaut, right, and then it, they fly <laughs> away from the explosion, and then like it's supposed to be like a 16 hour, like or 60 hours, 16 hours from there to get to the backside of the moon. No, it's like keep, scene cut. Like, all right, we're on the backside of the moon. We're going in now. You're like, wait a minute. I just I got not over here. I, I just mean, got you got know, space but... station exploding. And I don't get a little like, hey, crazy Russian dude, what are you doing? Do you want to come with us to save the world? You know, Let's nothing. It just like this. goes straight from that to okay. we're kind of laying on. Think about this. You, you got a ragtag bunch of construction workers. <laughs> they can't pass going, a psyche valve. Going into space Those to do a suicide mission. Like, right. yes, it does not get any better than that. Because nobody else is coming with that shit at the time. Let me just put that out there for one. That's oh, true. For, they did, they did kind of like yeah. create like a whole genre of fucking movies. Exactly. And then on top, Michael of that, on top uh, of that, hold on. On top of that, you had this soundtrack to back it up and make it that much more dramatical than what it already was. Throw like, a journey song in there and you're good. You got journey on the damn soundtrack. Like who does it? Who can say that? Who can say that they got Journey on the track? And Who Bob Seger's ass, got, too. Exactly. Who can say that they got Aerosmith contributing? Not one, not two. Oh, damn it, dude, it was a fucking Aerosmith produced movie, album. pretty much. Exactly. So, bon Jovi. Bon yeah. Jovi. Like, come on. Like, He's a huge investor. I mean, they were all putting money into this shit. That's why they course. wanted two and a half hours. Of course. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Like, you got so many individuals in this one album. Just on the album itself. They have so many iconic mm-hmm. songs. So, like, of course, it's going to be over the top. But that's what made it so good. If they actually tried to play it realistic, it would have been boring as fuck. So, yeah, you, you got to yeah. play it over yeah. the top. That's what I got to watch this shit this weekend. It. Love it. Love it. Man. Oh, who else had a track? Uh, you want me to pick? Yeah, we just, nah, we'll just come out with it. I, I um, like, uh, uh, Wish I Were You by Patty Smith. I send a postcard. 
I always looked so oh, the fact that they yeah, had that cool. on this particular soundtrack, I was like, dude, that's the one. That's the one that I picked. That's my offbeat, off tilted track that I love to go through and pick up. And that's that's where I went with it. Um, love the album, love the soundtrack, love the movie for what it was. I didn't take it not one foot step past what I thought it was actually going to be, which is just a bar burner in, in a movie setting. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was. So, mm-hmm. everything I did. Okay, okay. I like, I like to, Aerosmith, what kind of love are you on? Because it's it was it's like one of their songs that sounds like an older older song. It's not the main theme song, but I like this partly because Aerosmith at the time was fucking kicking ass, and we really we just, like my wife and I yeah. seen Aerosmith live a couple times, saw him with Kiss that tour. You know, um, Steven Tyler is just a fucking badass. You know, like recently. His ass seemed saying so much that he lost his voice. He got sick or something, you know, he couldn't really, he couldn't tour. So they had to postpone that. But like, they're right up there with, you know, uh, all these other bands from, you know, the 70s. <laughs> Maybe as far as back as like the late 60s. And they're still touring. Mm. What the fuck? So, yeah, to make, make an Armageddon like uh, mm. the soundtrack mm. of like the late 90s. Yeah, it's it's definitely there, man. Sean Colvin's awesome. I mean, there's like really good artists on this. Uh, yeah. like said, bon Jovi's great. You know, Journey. You know, I don't know how they got it. It is through like it's kind of like they just picked like names. Don't you do it? I think I don't know. Yeah, that's the one thing about it. Like, how did they throw? Like, was it just based on okay, this scene needs this song? Uh, or this is I mean, the vibe kind of random. Go with it was like a Michael Bay fucking sort, assortment in that respect. It was like it was like a blow them up, and then what's a good song? <laughs> it wasn't really the forethought wasn't really there, other than just like we're just having fun. We're gonna make a crazy movie. Oh yeah, my daughter's in the movie, and I'm on the fucking uh, album. So cool. Yeah. Like oh, it was just a bunch of me. people hanging out. Man, that was the first time I ever looked at Liv Tyler and got a little bothered in my pants. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. That happened? All right. Yeah, Good that was you, the man. very first time. <laughs> I was not a Liv Tyler fan, and then in this movie, actually, actually made me a fan. And I was like, aww. And she, did Lord, aww. she was doing Lord of the Rings and all that shit, too. But yeah, like that was her heyday. I mean, she's um, done some recent stuff, too. But yeah, Leftovers, I think, or something like yeah, that. Much, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I just liked her sweetness. And I, I, I mean, you know. Well, she was in, it, am I wrong? Maybe I got my actresses confused, but she was the one in Labyrinth, right? No, or, hell no. Okay. She's, no. In, uh, she's in Lord of the Rings. She's like one of the fairies. What was she in before fairies, this, yeah. though? Oh, before this? Well, she was yeah. also in um, Aerosmith's, like, videos, too. Like, the music videos. Oh. With Alicia Silverstone. Like, they were in, yeah. like, a couple videos together. Okay. Long, black hair. Like... Gotcha. Yeah. Like she, I mean, she, she was in so she... Beauty. She was in The Strangers, uh, Empire Records. Empire Records is where you would yeah. know her from. Built the whole Jersey Girls. She's been in a bunch. She's done a lot. She's done a lot of movies. Yeah. She's great in all of them. And and Empire the thing of yeah, um, my, I don't my think there's a role with her in 
was that thing you do. That was that was like my most favorite role she was in. That thing you do. I have to check it out. Yes. Is it a rom com? Yes. Well yeah, not rom com. Right? It's kind or, of not really. It's okay. It's, it's definitely a romance film. A serious um, about, movie. About one hit wonders. They call themselves the wonders, but it's still mm. leaders. It's it's a okay, that movie. thing you do. I'll check it out. Yes. Got Tom so, Hanks in it and the whole nod. It's good. So I I'm gonna pick uh, just for my song, it's gonna be sweet emotion. Yeah, yeah, this is Aerosmith album. I mean, literally. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, okay, I'll stop griping about the movie, but I was just going to gripe about one more thing. (laughs) Is, I mean, for, I mean, for nowadays, I mean, like, the female character is really flat. I'm just saying, but that's Michael Bay. Like, I think he makes all his female characters flat. I mean, he did the same thing in Transformers. Like, all the female characters are flat. Like, they're just set pieces. Flat as in no body? Are you talking about like they're flat chested or like? No, flat. Like, they have no, they have no character growth. They have no character arch. They're, yeah, you gotta they're explain just there. flat. When you say a woman's flat, you gotta say what you mean. I mean, they're yeah. flat. Like, like, they're not, they're not used as characters in the film. They're used as props. They're, they're like, I'm like, she didn't have much of a personality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But she didn't have to. She was she was just young and in love and, and didn't know any better type of situation. Yeah, true. That's true. She didn't really have much going on. It was like she was just like Wait, Ben that, Affleck's girlfriend. She can she, she can speak <laughs> multiple languages and runs the company like <laughs> and she knew like who to contact for different things. Like I mean they use her in the montage a little bit, but like that's what I'm saying. Like they try yeah, anyways. I think without her though, right? Without that love story behind the movie because th- that was the only love connection right yeah and, and that 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 knowing that your lover is 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 leaving and may not come back that added this layer to it, it right and versus all these crazy guys you know running around like you know doing crazy shit and having these wild part like partying and and the what was the dude driving the motorcycle like when he, it, it they were chasing him down like you gotta right. <laughs> like, it made sense it, it was like all this action which was great yeah but then, and not only that not only her relationship with with her boyfriend but her relationship with her father because now she's both men in her life right yeah, no, I, mean, yeah I mean potential to be gone yeah so it was like to keep her soft in that role and 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 still like give her this female empowerment like where she does know all the you know she knows it, but it's still at the end of the day um a, a gentle flower of a woman and and um that was nice that was nice to see you don't need nobody um, rough and tough in that situation because they should have been mm-hmm. on the ship going to to break up the meteor versus being on the ground and 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 worrying about their father and their lover at the same situation like right that's that's unheard of so uh in in that case you needed somebody soft tone and, and more of a realistic tone to be a part mm-hmm. of the movie you Right. Everybody to be over the top because if she was over the damn top, she'd have been in another. 
that house with them and literally would have been on the ship. So Okay. Yeah. And then it would have been another thirty minutes just figuring out their their fucked up relationship. It'd have been a lot of moments. While on the ship, while her dad is watching his every move, trying not to let them fuck in the back of the ship. Like yeah, that's a whole other situation. I got you. Literally. Okay. A perfectly written movie, great, great music added, and it, that's what made. Hey, you, I mean, you could almost say the out the, without the songs. The out, you know, if you're not a fan, it don't work uh, of the movie. But yeah, like the the song choices were amazing. Did you yeah. what was because we didn't even hardly stick. And I ain't gonna lie, I may have skipped that song that you mentioned, but give it to me again because I want to go back. I'm gonna go back and listen to the to the whole album. Uh, oh, uh, Patty Smith, wish I were you. Wish I were you. Yeah. And what you said that was like the bar scene. That, I didn't say what scene it was. I can say that was. Oh, now you're going to make me think. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I want you to go back and pick that up and tell us what you think about it. Cause that was okay. my favorite song for the movie. Yes. I know, you know, don't want to miss the thing and all these other like, like chart toppers and the whole night. You threw a loop. You knew, you knew that was one that nobody else would pick. It's not even about that. I, I just like what I like. That's your favorite song. I, okay, man. I like I, I know it's when I hear hits, but I also know it's sentimental songs when I hear a good sentimental song. And mm-hmm. that's what I go for. It's a sentimental All right. Song. All right. Well, I'm going to look forward to that then. That's what's up. All right. So, uh, Damon, do you have some homework for us next week? Yeah, I do. Um, now that we've gone through that rabbit hole of the 90s and uh, the whole Michael Bay, you know, craziness uh, with Armageddon. Uh, <laughs> Uh, which I love. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm staying in the nineties because we just talked so much about the nineties and I love that era. So, uh, I talked a little bit about this band before one of my favorite bands. Uh, this is tool, uh, lead singer Maynard, James Keenan, uh, 1996 Enema, Enema. <laughs> and that's, uh, you That's probably what Enema I'm... or Enigma? What, what... Enema. 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 A E N I M A. And this is 1996. Uh, I'm just a huge fan of Tool. I mean, he's got a wine. He's got a winery in Arizona, which is great. Um, I've seen Tool. I've seen um, all the other uh, projects that they've come out with live. So uh, definitely follow James for sure. Um, anyway, yeah, that's it. So check it out. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> okay. The craziness, sort of like a metal. I don't know if it's. I don't know actually what they are. They're metal, but they're they're all kinds of. They're they're a mixed genre. <laughs> they're definitely so. metal, but they have other elements that they bring into the fold. So yeah, yeah, especially with the other projects that they come out with. Yeah. But um, okay, I, right. I've never. I'm. Ne- I know of them. I know probably a couple tracks, but I've never listened to an album of theirs. And looking at the album cover, this isn't the one that I think that everybody bought, right? This is a different album than the one that everybody bought. Well, I mean, I think everybody that's a fan of Tool bought all the albums. Right. No, um, but even people that did weren't a fan, I think that this might have been probably like this was. Yeah, I think this might be one that everybody bought. They probably they probably bought Undertow. Undertow is like you know the the song Sober that I've mentioned on the podcast right. before. Um, yeah, Undertow came out later, I think. Right, this is their second album um, that released, so this this uh, definitely was considered one of the best metal albums that came out at the time, just because of the songs that were on here. Like, I remember 46 and 2, that was like my jam, so... 
you know, just for the fact that you brought that up, I was like, man, yeah, this is this is going to be a good one. Well, check it out, guys. Check it out, listeners. Um, if you haven't heard of Tool, which, well, I'd be surprised if you haven't, but uh, I kind of hope you have it because this would be like a nice treat. So, all right. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, this has been uh, Trace Tracks. You can find this on our website at tracetracks.com or email us at tracetracks at gmail.com. Both of those end with a Z. Uh, we have matching playlists on both Spotify and Pandora. And we ask that you p- please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Damon. I'm Demona. And I don't want to miss a thing, even if it's a crazy-ass movie that nobody really wants to talk about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to pick up $10. Y'all keep getting those great tracks.